Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Hilchis Trumais, the laws of Truma, the heave offering or gift offering to the Kohen, the 2% that goes to the Kohen. Pedic Shnei chapter 12. Aleph 1. Truma is sacred. It is forbidden to intentionally defile Truma in Israel. Kishar HaKadoshim, the same law applies to anything holy. It is forbidden to intentionally make it defiled. You can't do anything that will bring it to a state of defilement. You also cannot do anything which will contribute to its spoiling. Because again, it's holy. So it has to be maintained in a state of purity and treated with the greatest respect and consumed in the most respectable way as we also talked in the earlier chapter 11. If the truma is pure, he should consume it, eat it. If the truma is impure, he uses it for fuel as we talked earlier. That is truma in Eretz Yisrael, which is biblical truma. However, diaspora truma, which is only rabbinic to begin with. And our sages have said that the entire diaspora is considered impure rabbinically. Therefore, if need be, if there's a need, he can even defile this diaspora truma and make it biblically defiled, which is even more than the rabbinic law of defilement. Even though the original state of defilement in the land of the nations was a rabbinic rule, because the whole obligation of truma was also a rabbinic law. The people, therefore, for example, and again, we are not familiar with the complex laws of purity and impurity. During the time of the Beis Hamikdash, they lived these laws. They ate and breathed and sleep and slept with these laws. Today, we don't really understand them unless we study them. They're very complex. But therefore, he says, Lefiko, therefore, Nida, for example, a woman who is menstruating, that is a form of impurity, which during the time of the Beis Hamikdash, she would not be able to touch any foods with it. But in this case, she is in the diaspora, and it's only diaspora truma, so she may separate the challah in the diaspora. She's only told not to eat it. She's not told not to touch it, as we talked. What if truma became impure? But we're not sure if it did or it didn't. In that case, we can't eat it because it might be impure. We can't burn it because it might be pure. What do you do with it? It should sit and wait until hopefully it does become really defiled. And then it will be able to be used for fuel. There are some doubt situations where you do burn it, as we will explain extensively in the laws of purity and impurity. This is just being visited here because we're learning Truma laws. But the mother load of purity and impurity is to come in its appropriate place. Gimel, Chavish, Shal Truma, Shnei Yodai, Safek Truma. 
Suffolk Tumor, what if there was a barrel of wine of Tumor where we're not sure if it became Tome defiled or not? We don't know what to do. If it's not Tome, we have to drink it. If it's Tome, what are you going to do with it? But we're not sure. Therefore, he should not do anything to it. Don't touch it. Don't even breathe on it. He shouldn't move it. from its place. He shouldn't uncover it. He should just let it sit. Until it becomes surely impure. And then it must be consigned to fire. And the downside is somebody might come along and eat it. Well, that's a chance we have to take. Here's a complex law. A barrel of wine, which is truma, and it's pure, and it's broken in an upper vat. So now the wine is leaking all over the place. There's a lower vat under it, which is impure. So we're concerned that the pure truma vat wine is going to pour all over the impure regular or 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 that and therefore you're not going to be you able to use either if he can save at least one quarter of a log one measure enough for kiddush wine then he should save it, and at least he will have consumed some of it. And if not, he should go in there and save whatever he can, even if he doesn't wash his hands, even though he will be, to some extent, defiling it, as it explains that when you touch truma food without washing your hands, to a certain extent, you defile it, but it's not as defiled as it would have been had it fallen on the defiled one. When does this apply? If it's a barrel of wine, and if the wine in the lower vat is not 100 to 1 against that which is falling into it from the upper vat, because in that case, being that it's less than 100 to 1, it will become mixed, and it will be unusable. But if there was a hundred to one, because truma, as we will learn, becomes nullified a hundred to one. Or another situation. It was not wine, it was oil. Then it could fall and become impure because at least he can burn it all. He can use it all for fuel. He should not defile it with his hands. Because it's all fit for kindling. There's no great loss. Otherwise, there would be a tremendous loss. So also a barrel of wine that gets poured out. <coughs> if he can save at least that one measure in a state of purity, he should. And if not, he should save it in a state of impurity. Being that it was broken, he's not commanded not to save it in a state of impurity. Because the whole situation is in a state of confusion. He's going from place to place, and he's carrying 
loaves of bread of truma. And again, very difficult to maintain ritual purity. As we will learn. But he's doing his best. He's carrying those loaves of truma. And he is maintaining ritual purity. What if a non-Jew on the road says to him, this guy was a bit hostile. He was uh, not a nice guy. He says to him, listen, my friend, I'll give you a choice. Give me one of your loaves, because I'm hungry. And if you don't, I'm going to touch them all and I'll make them all defiled. Because this was a learned non-Jew who knew that there's a rabbinic decree that if a non-Jew touches loaves of tumor, they become defiled. So he gave him a choice, either lose one or lose them all. Then the problem is he can't physically give it to him to defile. The best solution is he places one on a rock and let the guy take it. Better than placing it in his hand. In order to save the rest of the truma that the guy threatened to defile. Again, he was not a good guy, this guy. What about chilba and vetch, which are lower quality foods, usually animal foods, but sometimes used for humans? Being that they're not human food. You can, to begin with, do everything you want with it in a state of impurity. And you should only be careful when placing them in water to soak. Because if he soaked them in a state of impurity, then he went physically and he made them impure. But after the soaking, don't worry. Not the time that he crushes it or feeds it to an animal. And therefore, although we learned earlier, we should not give an ignorant Kohen the food because we, don't know, we, know, we assume that he doesn't know how to protect its sanctity. In this case, this vetch and this chilba, you can give to an ignorant Kohen and not be concerned. You can't place truma even for storage with a Kohen who is unlearned, who doesn't know how to guard it from impurity. And I must point out again, there's a whole science of how to guard things from impurity. Learned, scholarly people knew it. Non-scholarly people simply didn't know how to deal with it. Because the Kohen says to himself, hey, I'm a Kohen, I could eat it. And while he eats it, it's going to make everything impure. But you could place it. With an Israelite, Amoritz, even though he's ignorant, as long as it's in an earthenware vessel that's sealed with a seal, as long as the food in it has not been exposed to liquid, which makes it qualified to receive impurity. We're going to learn these detailed laws in the right place. Because we're concerned that it should not be moved by the Cohen's wife in her state of menstruation. The question is, can somebody work for an ignorant person producing the truma of his olives in a state of purity? This worker, he knows the laws of purity. The farmer who owns it does not. He says it's better not to. Because... 
It's a problem. But you could produce his olives of everyday food in a state of purity. Because the worker needs to make a living. Whereas earlier, we're talking about him going in and separating the truma for him. What should he do? He takes vessels of truma, he places it in a vessel that does not accept impurity, like stone vessels. And when the non-learned person comes to take the everyday food and the truma, I remember like we say, be careful, it's going to become Tevel again, you're going to have to take truma again all over, which is not true. But we're warning him to scare him to be extra careful. That's what I believe is the interpretation. Yisrael A Jew who produces produce in a state of impurity. We should not harvest grapes with him. We shouldn't tread upon grapes with him. Because he's going to produce impure truma, and we're going to contribute to that. But there's no reason we shouldn't transport his barrels to storage, back and forth from the vat. Olives, grapes that became impure. This level of impurity is a very lower level of impurity which does not transfer to the next level. And therefore, even though the olive or the grape will become impure, its juice will not necessarily become impure, as we will learn in great detail in the future. If it becomes tome after it became tome, you squeeze it little by little, less than an egg size, the liquids come out, can even be drunk by a kohen. Technically, during the time of the Beis Hamikdash, they can even be used for wine libations. Why? Because the wine was considered concealed within the food, and the food had a lower level state of impurity. So, in that case, why do we need to do it even less than an egg size? Because we're concerned that he does an abundance, because then the liquid could become impure. That's if it was a secondary level, but if it was a third level, he can even uh, tread in them, tread on them in the vat, and, and the liquid is pure truma, because a third level. Impurity never creates a fourth level in Truma Kameshis Barbillion Taurus, as we will explain in detail in the right place. And uh, we really have to wait until we get to these laws of purity and impurity to have a thorough understanding of this. They're only being mentioned, they're only being mentioned in passing here, Yud Base 12. Pas Truma Shanitmas, what a bread of Truma became impure. He throws it into the woodshed until he burns it. Oil that becomes impure. He puts it in a non-attractive vessel so that no one should use it for salads. No one should eat from it until he uses it for fuel. We're very concerned that somebody will come in and say, Oh, oil, I'm making a salad. Therefore, he puts it in a disgusting 
vessel. So people will say, I'm never going to eat this. It's disgusting. Chitim shenitmu, wheat that became defiled, shelkenamanichem chlimos. He should soak them and place them in a disgusting container. That way it will not be fit to eat and nobody will accidentally eat it. And then he should heat the oven and hearth with it. What about liquids that are not fit for fuel? They don't burn. Like wine, you can't use wine for fuel. You have to bury it. What if wine of Truma was left uncovered? And we learned earlier that our sages decreed that wine that's left uncovered should never be eaten because we're concerned that a serpent put poisonous venom into it and it can kill you. Being that rabbinically it's forbidden to drink, and it must be poured out. We learned this earlier as well. That figs, grapes, marrow, squash, watermelon, and cucumbers, where you found holes in them, holes drilled in them, were concerned that a serpent drilled those holes or a poisonous, venomous creature. They're forbidden to eat, because we're concerned that they are dangerous. So what should he do with these dangerous foods? He should either cast them into the ocean, or you cover or bury them, but place them far away from human hands. And this is an interesting example of how meticulously cautious the Torah is about laws of stuff that endangers a human being's life. It's not kosher or non-kosher. This is danger. Or a dough, which was kneaded with a K, with water that was left uncovered. Water that is ever left uncovered overnight may not be drunk, it may not be used. That's why we always have to cover the bottle immediately. Uncovered water is a problem. Who knows what got into it and injected venom into it. Even though it's truma, if it should be burned because of the danger. And we know how careful we are not to burn truma unnecessarily. Now, we segue into a whole different category of laws, and these are very, very interesting, fascinating. Not that the other ones were not in. Well, we don't want to even go there. Okay. It is forbidden for a Kohen to take truma or other, or or other of the Kohanic gifts, and we're going to learn about the 24 categories of gifts of Kohen. Until the owners will designate it and set it aside for the Kohen. You can't take it. It has to be given to you, Mr. Kohen. As it says, Their beginnings, which they will give to God. I gave to you. It says, Which the Jewish people will set aside, will we'll uplift to Hashem, Nasati I gave to you the Kohen, Achiorimu, we must wait until the farmer, the Israelite, designates this as a heave offering and gives it, then and only then may the Kohen acquire it. So the Kohen has no right to demand truma, or to take truma, or any other gift. The Kohen may never take them even after they've been designated as truma without the express knowledge of the owner. The Kohen's got a sort of hint to the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
because this truma, albeit truma, belongs to the owner, to give to any Kohen to whom he wants to. And this privilege of giving to a particular Kohen is called tovat hana'a, the benefit of the pleasure I get by giving it to you and not to the other Kohen. I can choose my Kohen recipient. The Kohen cannot demand it. Each person should have ownership of his holy objects. What if the Kohen just hijacked it? He actually acquires them. Because the owner only has the right to choose the recipient. You can't sue because there's no substance in this damage. What if the Kohen was given truma? The Kohen was given a whole container of truma. You know what he found inside? Jewelry, diamonds, euro dollars. This is forbidden for the Kohen to use because it would be considered theft. Why? Because they're not belonging to the Kohen. When the farmer gave this truma to the Kohen, he didn't give him the diamonds. Maybe people connected to the farmer, visiting his house or whatever, hid it there because they figured this is truma, no one's going to touch it. And little did they realize that the Kohen came early. So he's got to return it and say, listen, my friend, I found some very, very expensive stuff in my truma. The Israelite is not obligated to take care of the truma, to deliver it from the threshing floor to the city, from the desert to the settled place. In other words, it's not the farmer's obligation to make delivery. The coin goes out to the granary. And the Israelite would give the portion belonging to the Kohen to the Kohen of his choice there at the granary. In fact, we've been told that what would the Kohen do while he would hang around the granary? You'd have a bunch of Kohenim hanging around the granary trying to get the goods. What would they do? The answer is, at least the answer that I'm sharing now, is they would teach Torah to the children of the farmers. It was an exchange program. I will give you spirituality, you give me produce. So that was God's plan to bring the Kohen to the farms. Back to the text here, that's not in the text here. What if the Kohen does not come to the granary? Technically the farmer could just set aside the truma and leave it there. But if there were wild or domestic animals that began to munch the truma, and it's not properly guarded, that he should take care of it, and bring it to the city, even though he's not obligated, he should deliver it. He can say to the Kohen, Mr. Cohen, I'm delivering truma to you, but I do need some, I need my gas, I need a delivery fee. Because he's not obligated to deliver, he can't take the delivery fee. 
Because if he just sets it aside and he lets a, an animal, wild or domestic, or domestic or wild, just consume the truma, that's a desecration of God's name. God intended for the truma to get to the Kohen. Now the question is, so can the farmer say to the Kohen, listen, Kohen, between me and you, there's 16 Kohen in here. You want me to pick you? Get to work. You help me out, I'll pick you. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. That's a good way of getting some free labor. It is forbidden for the Kohen or the Levi to help in the granary in order to be able to get his gifts. The Chalmessayeh, anybody who does, Chilol Kedesh Hashem, he profanes and desecrates the sanctity of God's name. Malayim Nemer, regarding this, it says, Shechatem, you have destroyed. You have defiled Bris Halevi, the covenant of the Levite. We also it is forbidden for the Israelite to permit the Kohen to help him. The Israelite farmer must give the portion to the Kohen with the greatest respect, the greatest honor, and not, God forbid, take advantage of him and make him work. What if the farmer says, he's a wise guy, the farmer, he says to the Kohen, I'll tell you what, you want me to give you truma, I'll give you truma, but you've got to give it back to me. Why can't the Kohen give me back truma? Then I can sell it on the truma market. Now give me most of it back. Technically, he fulfills his obligation of giving, but it's clearly forbidden to do this. That's no different. If he has to give a portion back, that's no different than helping in the granary. On the other hand, it's also forbidden for the Kohen to grab heave offerings and tithings. You know what? It's even forbidden for the Kohen to verbally ask for it. Osir. They must take with the greatest respect and honor. The Kohen has to maintain the respect because he's working in Hashem's name. They're eating on God's table. They're drinking on God's table. And these are gifts that Hashem designated for the Kohen, but they're really for him. Hashem gave the privilege to the Kohen. I have given the guarding of my heave offerings. Therefore, a person should not give truma to the watchman who watches his vat, nor should he give his firstborn, which goes to the Kohen, to the guy who is his shepherd, the guy who guards his flock. Nor should he give gifts to the guy who shepherds his animals just because he's a Kohen. He says, you know what, you're my shepherd, you do a good job, I'll give it to you. And it's sort of scratching each other's back. And if he gave him chilo, he desecrated. It's not, not a good thing. When is it permissible? I mean, why should I not give my shepherd the Kohen's benefits if he's a Kohen? Should I be prejudiced against my shepherd? So he says, there is a way out. You pay the guy in advance for his salary. So he's paid. Then he's a Kohen like any Kohen. 
one Israelite is permitted to say to another Israelite, Hey, Lachzalazu, listen, my friend, take this coin, this sela, this shekel, and do me a favor, I have a brother-in-law as a Kayan. I'm going to give you a shekel, a tip, give it to my brother-in-law. Do me a favor. Ben Bitti, give it to my Israel, give it to my Kohenic grandson. I've got a nephew as a Kayan. Why not? When does this apply? When the farmers were contemplating, should I give it to Mo the Cohen or Joe the Cohen? So the guy says, here's a seller, give it to Joe. And his friend says, However, what if the owner said to the Cohen or the Levi, here is this portion of Trumar Meiser, and you have to pay me the benefit money, also, this is clearly forbidden. Even though technically you could buy from a Kohen, you could sell to a Kohen, but you can't do business on a regular basis with Truma. Chabes, the closing paragraph of this chapter, of chapter 12. Asora, there are ten categories of people in Chelkelam Truma which to whom Truma should not be distributed, the base agronis in the granary, even though they're hanging out there and they are or represent Kohanim. Even though they are permitted to eat it because they are Kohanim, they are permitted to cause others to eat it, such as an unfit Kohen who has slaves, and this is the list. Hachedesh, a deaf mute who's not considered a mature person, Vasheta, a not mentally mature person, Vakotan, and a minor, Shem Beidas, Lifresh Chukai, or Lifresh Chukai, who doesn't have enough intellect to know the rule of Truma, giving him Truma is contributing to its defilement. Meshem Beiludas, because they don't have the maturity. Vatumtum Bandreganis, or the person. When we're not clear whether this is a man or a woman, either because he may have both, or he may have either, and they're covered up, or he may be an androgynous and have both signs of male and female, both organs, because they are considered separate creatures and not male or female. As we learned many times in Halacha, and somebody's servant, what's wrong with giving a Kohen's Servant truma, a kohen is allowed to eat truma. A kohen servant is allowed to eat truma. Shema yidu Abraham basadu yidu al shulkayin. We're concerned that the servant, the slave of a kohen, is going to be hanging around the granary. People are going to see him getting truma. They're not going to realize he's a slave of a kohen. Before you know it, the rumor will be that he's a kohen. Vihaorul an uncircumcised kohen, vatome and an impure kohen, mepnei musan, because it's repulsive. Because we learned that uncircumcised males should not eat truma. Impure Kohanim may not eat truma. And a woman married to a Kohen. What's the problem with a woman married to a Kohen? She's allowed to eat truma. She's Mrs. Kohen. Shematis Gorash. Perhaps she's going to get divorced. And in no time at all, she could be a non-Kohen. Therefore, let her husband give her. 
But there's a second reason. The second reason is we don't want the woman hanging around the granary going into privacy with the farmer because it's not modest and who knows what can end up with this. Because a man and a woman who are not related closely should not be alone with each other. Or the Kohen who marries an inappropriate woman for him who defiles him. He was punished. He was penalized that he should not ever get until he divorces her. And all of these, you can send the truma, you can send the FedEx with the truma to their houses. You can divide and give them like any other holy things that could be eaten in the boundaries of Israel. Chutz, with the exception, of course, of of the Kohen who marries a woman, who is not fit for him because he's not allowed to eat truma. Vahatome, a man who is defiled, he's not allowed to eat truma. Vahatome, a man who's uncircumcised, he's not allowed to eat truma. Shem you can't even send them truma. End of chapter 12.